Welcome to Conversations with a Wounded Healer. I'm your host, Sarah Bueno. I'm a psychotherapist, teacher, consultant, and most importantly, a wounded healer, living and working in Chicago, Illinois. And I'm your host, Anne Remy. I'm a counseling psychotherapist, yoga teacher, and trauma specialist living in Brighton, UK. On this show, we interview folks in a variety of healing professions, and we discuss the intersectional journey of healing self while caring for others. But we're not just focused on individual healing, but also healing on the collective level, from white supremacy, late-stage capitalism, and the patriarchy. Thanks for joining us. Countdown. Funny faces. Hello. Hi. We're going to have to figure out more creative ways to make funny faces because there's only so much you can do with your face. Jim Carrey would argue otherwise. Well, true. Okay. I have been (laughs) corrected. (laughs) I take the correction. Thank you. You're welcome. How are you? I'm very tired. Yeah. Tell people about your adventure. So as we've recorded this, or as we are recording this, I've recently returned from hiking in Slovenia for eight days which was gorgeous and beautiful. And the reason I like hiking is because like therapy, it sure does break you down so that you can build yourself back <laughs> up physically, mentally, and emotionally. So my body is is recovering a bit more slowly than my mind and my emotions. So mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I really like down. I like breaking myself down emotionally and mentally, not physically. Don't like that. Well, don't want to do it. The the body part is so it's you know I'm a mind body person, so the body has uh-huh, to go yeah. with it. <laughs> so uh, respect that that is not everybody's thing, but you know it's helpful for me. And mm-hmm. the Slovenia is beautiful. Highly recommend if you're the kind of person who wants to do any solo hiking, and you're the kind of person who doesn't want to get murdered while you're doing solo hiking. Yes, I can highly recommend Slovenia as a safe inexpensive place to hike and not get murdered. Well, I'm going to tell Rich because he was just hiking in Poland. Did not get murdered, but he did not find it quite as pleasant because it was little, there was too much action going on. Who knew? Yeah. Poland is very busy and there are a lot of bachelorette parties and bachelor parties. Yes. Okay. Well, that was news to us. Were they British bachelor and bachelorette parties? Yes. That's what he said. Yeah. That's a thing. There's there's a lot of cities in Europe Oddly enough, Bratislava is another one. That one's a lot of, they call them stag dues, the bachelor parties. Stagged, yes, yeah. I have heard that cheap, before. Mm-hmm. Cheap towns with lots of alcohol and reasonable distance flights are all hmm. magnets for stag and hen dues. Yeah, mm. For the Brits. Yeah. Well, now we know. Yep. Well, I was I was really curious while you were hiking in Slovenia, did you wear your team grilled cheese t-shirt? No, I didn't actually. I have I don't <laughs> have one yet because I forgot to order it when I was in the United States. But do you know where you can get one? Where can I tell me? On tinyurl.com <gasps> slash CWH merch. What? We have them for you. Team grilled cheese, right? Yes. 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 And team cheese toasty. For those yes. cheese toasty. Can you only order them in the U.S. though? Is this the problem? I actually don't know. We should probably find that out. Let me look. We that. should find that out. Yeah. And Dude. we'll find that out while I tell you about other things you can do to support That's the podcast. Right. So you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, which is very, very helpful because it tells other people like, hey, this, this show is actually worth listening to. 
Yeah, it makes us feel good too. And Anne has yet to have a review. So this is a call out. If you enjoy Anne as a new host, and I do, I've been having a delightful time with her and listening to her interviews, please say something about Anne on Apple Podcasts. You can also like give us stars on Spotify if you want to. And you can actually answer questions on Spotify. There's, I think there's just like the generic question, what did you think of this episode? So if you wanted to say something on Spotify, do you have something to say? Anne, have you found information? I have found information, but I just wanted to say, if you can't tell the difference between the two of us, you can just say that we're both great. <laughs> you can indeed order to the UK. So I have been remiss on our own merch. So if you, if you are in this United Kingdom, you can order a team cheese toasty or a team grilled cheese shirt. So next time I go hiking, I can go hiking with grilled cheese. Perfect. Perfect. As we all should. And then lastly, if you want to give a couple bucks to us because podcasting is not cheap, Andrea and her team are quite worth it. Creative Imposter Studios. So shout out. It. What, what? Love them. So worth it. But it would be great if you could give me a little money because this is a very expensive venture. So patreon.com slash convos with a wounded healer. You can give as little as a dollar a month. And if you are in the US and you join, I will give you a little welcome gift. And if you're in the UK, Anne will give you a little welcome gift. Yes. Yes. Sent to you by Royal Mail. Royal Mail. So that's patreon.com slash convos with a wounded healer. All right. On to today's interview. What did you think? Because you have said that you are not (laughs) spiritual and I don't believe it. It's just not true. You just don't know it. So I'm really curious what you thought of my convo with Elena. I'm going to say this. The moment she started talking and introduced herself I was like oh man we're gonna come back to this I know it uh (laughs) and I will say I have had a couple of discussions with my therapist about this oh yeah this is you know because it's a it's a sticking point and I went and I spoke to her about it and it was one of the things that I was mulling over while I was hiking in the mountains it was indeed because I was like what is my what is my issue with this Mm. and you know it actually came down to the actual word spiritual and Mm. it's not what goes behind it it's the word itself Um, and Mm. I because of my own religious trauma and because of some experiences I've had with people who identify as very spiritual and a lot of that being either problematic in my past or appropriative in my present, I don't have a personally good connotation of the word spiritual. Mm. And that is not to say that people who call themselves spiritual are problematic, but my experience... Raises hand. Yeah, right? Like probably most people. So it actually all comes down to my own personal experience with that word. Mm-hmm. And my therapist was more or less like, well, maybe just get over it. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I, you know, uh, no. Or find a new word. And that's that's kind of where we landed. Yeah. So I'm on the hunt for a new word. Yeah, I love it. Because I don't think that I'm going to move past the all of the problematic stuff that goes around the word spiritual for me. And or maybe I will one day. Not with that attitude, girl, you're not. But, you know, <laughs> today I'm not. And yeah. so I'm on the hunt for new words. So I'm open to suggestion if anyone wants to send us some suggestions. Very, ooh, yeah. Very open to some new words. 
but all that is to say is it's not, I don't automatically judge people who call themselves spiritual. It's just not a word that I personally would like to associate with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, when I think of witchery, I definitely think that if you were alive during the witch trials, you would have been burned at the stake. So I think we belong together in that way. Fair. I mean, right? And this is the thing. I think there's so much, you know, I'm up in the mountains. I'm having conversations with my inner child and my inner teenager and with my ancestors. Like, there's no way that I am not on this team, right? Like, right, right. I'm on the team. I'm just yeah. not using the same team name. <laughs> like, You're not wearing the t-shirts and wearing, have the like number one no. f- like hand I am not, thing. I'm not wearing the jersey, <laughs> but I'm on mm. the team. <laughs> so, uh, Love it. Yeah. So, and, and I think, as, you know, I know other people who practice witchcraft and, and it seems from my experience, it seems to mean different things to different people. So I was really mm-hmm. interested to hear Elena's take on it because I think everybody who's ever said to me like yeah this is what I practice has had a completely different definition of it mm-hmm. which goes right along with my own kind of like you know spirituality or versus other word everyone's got their own word for what that means or own definition mm-hmm. of what that means well and that's just making me think I have another witch friend cuz I actually have a lot of them now which makes me very happy but there is a BBC let me get this right. BBC Radio 4 mm-hmm. podcast called Witch. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, oh, there are many, many episodes, 13 episodes. Yeah, 13 episodes of different examples, explanations, different aspects of being a witch. And I just started listening to it and it's it's lovely. Hmm. I'll have to look it up. Yeah. What did you think of Elena? Isn't she like special her voice alone did you feel that her voice alone (laughs) i could have i honestly i could have listened to the episode Mm -hmm. over and over just to listen to her talk like yeah there have been few people where i i'm just like your voice is enough to calm me down like Mm -hmm. her voice felt like a weighted blanket Mm -hmm. and the way that she spoke was so it felt so purposeful that it actually made me right. slow down listening to it. Like, oh, I love that. And that is like that. I don't know that that's ever happened to me before. So that's very cool. Her aura came through. Her her vibe totally right. came through. Because I'm going right. to guess that's probably what she's like in person, too. Yeah. I haven't met her in person. I would love to. We've just been doing online witchery things and I've been listening to her and she used to have this witch's box where she would like send goodies and stuff every month so like I have a bunch of goodies that her hands have been on but yeah I'll have to do a retreat with her at some point very cool that would be very cool yeah let me introduce her so Elena has been a practicing witch for close to 30 years and has woven together experience as a social worker body worker, and artist to inform her priestess work as a ritualist and teacher. Elena's spiritual path has been rooted in deep shamanism, animism, feminism, and magic. I can't believe I said that all correctly. Uh, with studies <laughs> and initiations in Dianic witchcraft, Srividya Tantra, and core shamanism. The core of her work is to be in deep service to the collective unfoldment as spiritually rooted, connected, and potent witches. Right? Like, that's also just a magical bio. Like, I don't know. I just love her. So 
I hope everybody enjoys my amazing conversation with Elena Rego. I hope everyone gets the same vibe. They will. I think they yeah. do. Yeah. They're into it. <laughs> Hello, Elena. I am so excited to have you here. Hi. Me too. This is a good way to spend my day. Oh, so thank yay. you for inviting me. I, I felt honored. Oh, yay. Thank you. <laughs> I love when it's like a dual <laughs> honor. That makes it easy. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. I know. <laughs> It's just a love fest. It is. It is. Well, I, you know, will have read your bio to the masses, but I'd love for you to introduce yourself in a way that feels most organic to you. So I'm Elena Rigo, and currently I am the creator, owner, idea source behind the Witch's Box, which turned into the holywitch.com just recently. So I just completely forgot that. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm still, you know, after five and a half years of saying the witch's box, it's still a little yeah. bit of a transition. And there I teach and facilitate uh, the spiritual deepening of witches is really what I do. Before that, I have had quite a few different careers, but I did my undergrad in social work and I worked you in did. domestic violence. I did. I'm I was a social, a social worker. worker as an undergrad. Yeah. I saw that, which is amazing. Yay for social workers. Yeah. So I spent a lot of time in, um, God, several lifetimes. In domestic violence, I worked in community mental health for a while, and then burnt out mm -hmm. and went, I took a sabbatical. And then I thought I can't just sit around. So I went to school for body work and massage therapy, which was supposed to be like a fun break and ended up being an 11 year career. Wow. And now I'm here. <laughs> so that's, that's sort of been a nutshell. What brought me here here, I think is the alchemy of those two careers, along with my own spiritual yearning for an expression that felt liberating and affirming, and I couldn't find that in Christianity mm -hmm. or Catholicism, which was what I was raised in. Mm. And so in college, I went to and I took a few feminist classes and women's studies courses, which introduced me to witchcraft. And that just pretty much mm. opened up a whole a whole new world for me. And I, I like to say that it saved me in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. So what I do at The Holy Witch is a combination of my social work, mental health background, along with deep feminine spirituality. Mm -hmm. And that, yes, that's exactly what I feel in your space and so much appreciate. Thank you for saying that. It's good to be seen that way. Yeah. And I, yeah. it's it's interesting that you came to witchcraft through feminism because I came to mm. witchcraft really largely through anti-racism and mm. the invitation to investigate our own lineages, spiritual practices before colonization. And mm. so Irish is, you know, I'm mostly German, partly Irish. And so I found Irish witchcraft and started doing research there and trying to, yeah, trying to connect with my ancestral spiritual heritage. Beautiful. Yeah. That's a beautiful pathway to find it that way. It's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, where do I want to start? There's so many places. I mean, I guess like I've definitely had very magical people on before. So I know all my listeners mm -hmm. are into it, though. Who knows? I could have new listeners and they're like, ah, a witch. Oh, my God. No, that's evil. <laughs> that's bad. So I'm and I'm right. sure that you get that a ton. So how do you respond when people have like fear of the word witch? It's just on the surface. A surface answer would be that it's interesting that I'm getting that more now that I changed the name of the business than before. Are you kidding? Which is odd. Yeah, five and a half years as the witch's box and maybe less than a handful. And now that it's the holy witch, it's a whole different 
groundswell of people saying things, which is interesting. I don't know what exactly what that's about. So it's something to dig into at some point. It depends on who and how that's conveyed. Complete transparency and personal responsibility. There are times when I'm feeling sassy and I don't respond at all and I let them sit in their fear. Yeah. yeah. And then there are times when, you know, my response is rooted in the, there's so many different definitions of witches and witchcraft out there. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's really a spirituality of connection. And so I mm -hmm. go into that explanation. But this is really about organically inhabiting your space and your world in a way that is connected both with the seen and the unseen. Mm -hmm. And so a spell can be a prayer, can be a mantra, can be a belief system, can be an affirmation. It's different names for what we all do, which is try to create in our lives some sort of connection so that we can have a hand in the life that we have and create for ourselves. Yeah. So I, I try to go that route. But again, it depends. Sometimes people are really confrontive and judgy. And I feel like not today, mm -hmm. Satan, basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you be with that. You think that yeah. about me. That's okay. I was called demonic the other day. And I'm like, okay. Wow. You do you, boo. <laughs> wow. The projections. I'm not quite ruffled. There are a lot. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. Well, and when I, the first thing that came up for me as you, as you said, like, oh, you're getting kind of more, I'm going to just call them trolls now. Mm. I'm guessing that people could have looked at the witch's box, not that this is what it was, but they could have looked at the witch's box as like, oh, it's just another fad thing. And people are right. just getting this For cutesy sure. little box. And the holy witch, I have to tell you, when I got your original email about shifting the company into that, yeah. I felt the depth of that yeah. and the power. Yeah. And I'm like feeling it right now as I even talk about yeah. it. And that's terrifying for people who yeah. haven't reconciled with that depth. No, I agree with you. And I think, and I don't know if I said it in that letter that you're referring to. I went to a retreat. I'm so bad with timing, but I want to say that it's almost, it's been more than a year and a half, a year and a half ago, where it was a shamanic writer's retreat. And we did a lot of journeying. And part of my work there was to really suss out what the archetype of the holy witch was, because she kept coming through. And what is mm. this about? What is this about? And in one of those journeys, I was looking for really well, sexy, packaged sound bites in my spiritual yeah. spaces, right? Yeah. <laughs> and instead, what I got was kind of an ass kicking. I got called out on my mm. egoic bullshit. And the message that came mm. through was, I've been so cavalier and in myself with, I'm totally out, I'm a witch, and everybody knows, and I don't have mm. issues around that. And the message was simply, this is just very safe, easy to digest. Mm. Witchcraft. It's a cute little box. Mm. And not to demean what it was, because right. it certainly opened a door in a lot of ways. And it yeah. was able to really facilitate people who were hungry for transformative ritual. Mm -hmm. It facilitated that. So it, not to diminish what it was, because it was five and a half years of deep learning. Right. But it was still a safe expression. I wasn't really putting it all on the table. And I mm. part of, I think, my life path has been, how do I show up in spaces? And is it truth? Is mm. it really just truth? So... Yes, Holy Witch kind of packs a punch. It's confrontive in a lot of ways. Yeah. But it was still a surprise, right? <laughs> it was yeah. still very much like, oh, okay, we're dealing with this now. Mm -hmm. Because I was also feeling very lucky, like, wow, we don't really get a lot of hate or trolling, but that's increased. And I also mm -hmm. think that we've been talking a lot about Lilith and who she is yeah, for women specifically, and that's mm -hmm. incredibly confrontive because now I'm bringing in that piece. So yeah, there's that. There's also that. Yeah. Would you talk a little bit about Lilith? Mm. 
<laughs> Are you sure, girl? Because I'll take over your entire <laughs> podcast. And- <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be happy to have you do a takeover. <laughs> um, so for those who don't know, Lilith was Adam's first wife. And this is in the mythology of what I like to call and what is Abrahamic religions or traditions, which is Christianity, um, Islam, and mm-hmm. Judaism. And when I say Christianity, it's, you know, Catholicism. It's that whole, right. it's an umbrella. And she did not make it into the Bible that we are familiar with, but there are some Talmudic texts where mm. what happened in that story, there was something that happened in that story before we come into the picture, right? Where mm-hmm. we read in the Bible that God made Adam and Eve, and then we know that story in the Garden of Eden. Mm-hmm. So he first made Adam and Lilith as equals. There are mm. different ways of telling the story. There are, you know, Various variations, but she and he were supposed to be equals in some way or another, but Adam wanted to exert his dominance that she wasn't having it. And the most common way of saying this is that she wanted to have sex on top and he couldn't deal with that because for him being on the bottom meant he was being submissive to her. Mm-hmm. And there was probably a lot of other things that she was bothered with in this story, but she she wasn't willing to bend or be an inauthentic version of herself. So she left, she bailed. And there is, again, different retellings of it, but in most stories, she leaves, but she's then still cast out, right? So God mm. sends for her, wants her to come back, she doesn't want to come back, and then he's ca- she's cast out, and her name is wiped from the book of, oh my goodness. Genesis? No, the book of- Oh, the yeah, I know what you're saying. The book of life. Wow, okay. I just completely had a brain fart <laughs> yeah. from the book of life. Yeah. And he, cr- he turns her into a demon, or he mm. basically- completely smears her and calls her a demon and she is now relegated Mm. to a life of wandering and Mm. being a demon in the garden of eden then god tries again and creates a woman out of adam's rib Mm -hmm. who is eve and then i'm not going to go into all of those details but there's a lot to unpack there Mm -hmm. but lilith specifically is both archetype and i think a deity in her own right she has also been very demonized but the archetype is for us a story that is encoded with the world and life and experiences of women everywhere, that if you have a path of your own, that if you don't subscribe to the traditional edicts of the way we're supposed to behave and be and carry out a life, you're ostracized, you're demonized, you're relegated to the outskirts of life. And we have lived that reality in various ways throughout all of history. Mm-hmm. And bringing up Lilith, who basically told God where to go and rejected what God had to offer, is, you know, a big middle finger into the face of the patriarchy, right? It speaks to this collective unconscious that we're all yeah. fed by. Even those of us who are like card carrying feminists, you know, who have been mm-hmm. around for, we still operate and exist and understand more the world of patriarchy than we do of liberation. And what she represents is that liberation from a system that we're all in, that we're all very deeply, you know, imprisoned by and also cultivate. Like I still cultivate Mm -hmm. patriarchy in everything I do. And it's it's a big confronting constant lesson and unraveling that has to happen. So Mm -hmm. Lilith is a lot of things. That is probably like her like an introduction to yeah who and what she is. She's the original witch. She's the original witch. Right? Because as you talk about women, you know, women fighting back, that's w- witches being burned at the stake, all of the witch trials, exactly. that's exactly what that was. Right. Yeah. People who were not standing in that 
in that big game, right? Standing outside of the game. Yeah. Right. Right. What else just came up for you? Oh God. <laughs> so like, it came it in really like how how far do I go with this? She's coming up and she's been coming up a lot. And I mm-hmm. think that to speak to what we were talking about in the beginning of this, this is I think why people are really responding. Mm-hmm. It's incredibly confronting. And I think that witchcraft can be many, many things for many people. I've talked about, you know, it can be a very spiritual, very deep. Mm-hmm. personally transformative path but it can also just be a technology for creating a life that you want that doesn't have anything to do with personal mm-hmm. healing or personal transformation or any of this but my particular brand of witchcraft requires a deep level of introspection and mm-hmm. self-facing that is scary mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's really scary and especially in this time where women trans people people of color are being so oppressed and oh so like violent attacks now more than ever, like this energy and cultivating community, right? Like I remember during the election reading something about like witches are coming together to try to like hex Trump and make sure he doesn't get elected. And sadly, for whatever reason, that didn't work because clearly our path was (laughs) one of destruction in this country that we had to go down for a little while. And I imagine it will continue to destruct for a bit moving forward but it's exhausting right it is it is like i I think it's a really exhausting time to be so aware one thing that i the word that keeps coming up for me whenever i do your work when i define witchcraft i think of it as creating an intentional life Mm -hmm. that word is so important and I think those of us who are living with intention and choosing to be aware and have the courage to try to create change, we are going to get pushback. We are going to get critics. And the critics, I think, I mean, I don't want to say like, oh, they're louder now than they ever have been in history, but at least in my lifetime, this, uh, and maybe not, maybe when I was growing up in the 80s, it was, it was worse. But the way that social media works now, like there's just, there's so much more access to the hate just as much as there's more access to positive communities. And weeding through one to see the other is really a challenge. I mean, it's just, right. I don't want to be on that train and, and, you know, hate on social media because I think that there's been so much good that's come out of this. Mm -hmm. We're making the world smaller in a lot of ways. And I love that we can connect to different people at different Mm -hmm. times and explore different things, but it's also been accessible. And in terms of mental health or even, Mm -hmm. you know, intentional living, it's a constant challenge, mm-hmm. right? To stay away from or to keep away from that kind of energy. It mm-hmm. does feel like there are more trolls, but I feel like we're just more exposed. Yeah. You know? Yeah. When you have a platform, yeah. they'll come after you. Yeah. And that too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the other thing that was coming up as we've been talking so far is the relationship to power, because mm-hmm. I think that especially for you know, magical people and anyone with any sort of, you know, leadership role or whatever, to have a balanced relationship with power is so important because there are mm. so many people, I think, I, I want to say mostly unintentionally causing harm, though obviously there are some people who are intentionally causing, but I think especially sure. in witchcraft spaces, psychedelic spaces where people are coming for help, those places, if we are not in right relationship with power, People can be destroyed. And I'm just curious, like, what comes up for you when I talk about that? The first thing that comes up is that it's an ongoing, it's an ongoing dance, right? Where 
I go through and I cycle through periods where I recognize my power, then I'm incredibly cringed and uncomfortable by the power. And mm-hmm. it's like this ongoing space where I get to practice a lot of compassion, mm-hmm. which is not easy, right? Especially since I'm out here really wanting to drive home the idea that and the truth that we all have an enormous amount of power to wield. And it's not something to be ashamed of. Right. And it's not something that we need to avoid and beat down and drive into our shadow because, oh my God, it's a bad word. Right. Or we sh- if you want to be conscious, if you want to be part of a solution, if you want to be part of healing this world, then somehow we have to, this is the lie, somehow we have to get rid of any semblance of power that we might wield in that direction. And it, mm-hmm. so it's both, how do I live this? And how do I truly dance with this in an honest way so that I fully understand what it is that I'm trying to share? But also finding ways where there's this, and I don't like the way I'm going to say this because I want to claim this word for something else, but to demystify the negativity of power Mm -hmm. and then really have dialogue around what does it look like to wield power that is uplifting and healing and inclusive Mm -hmm. and something that we can leverage for bringing others with us, right? Yeah. And on a much more micro level, I was just writing about this, we suffer so much, especially witches. There are so many witches. We get emails all the time about, I have this thing. I need help. Can you do a spell for me? Like there's this desire to get out of the suffering, to get out of the difficulty. And unless you are comfortable enough with your power to actually claim what you truly desire, it's, you're never going to get out of the suffering pattern. Yeah, And so there's that kind of micro relationship with power as well that yes. we need to be okay with desire for power. Agency. Agency. Yeah. Sovereignty. And it doesn't have to yeah. look like Trump, right? right. Like this right. unleashed mm-hmm. plague. <laughs> Just, you yeah. know. So it's, a compli- it's complicated. It's a complicated dance, but I think it's essential. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it's, it's real. Like we each really are containers for just enormous power. Mm-hmm. Well, and yeah. speaking of that, so I'll I'll ask my kind of like personal witch question and then sort of like tie it in. So I want to do spells. Mm-hmm. There's a part of me that feels like, because I've tried to do so much spiritual work and allow my life to be guided by a force greater than me because mm-hmm. my life has unfolded in a way that I never would have dreamed of. Mm-hmm. And had I tried to craft something particular, I wouldn't be here. So sometimes when I think of doing a spell, there's a part of me that's like, but then you're going against the will of, you know, whatever is meant for you. And I'm trying to find the agency in, maybe it's the discernment of when do I use my power? Because man, I manifest like a motherfucker. Like before I knew anything about witchcraft, like if I think something, I will get it. So I know that I'm already a powerful witch, right? But I guess I think, you know, if I'm going to do a spell and I'm going to like really try to make it happen, where's the discernment in I am, I'm putting out an intention for something that I want for myself or when am I trying to like manipulate maybe my way out of suffering or something, trying to get something from a more like materialistic way? I don't know. I said a lot of stuff, but I I know you're following. (laughs) You know where I'm going. Yeah. I do that too. I said a lot of words. Right. So a couple of things come to mind. There is, I think, and this speaks a little bit to Lilith, this remnant baggage that we have around the divine and the bigger, higher power source, whatever you want to call it, Mm -hmm. is something that exists outside of you. Mm. And that somehow 
there is conflict between what you want and what they might want for you. They, mm. whatever that is. Mm-hmm. And I don't have an answer. This isn't a definitive answer, but yeah. this is one of the things that I dance with. I think that that's a very patriarchal way of really yeah. understanding yeah. our place in this microcosmic soup that we're all kind of one in. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We're all interconnected in that way. And so if the desire is there, we do the work. I want yeah. this thing, but is it really what I want? Do I have right. unconscious like inclinations and drives to like sabotage or is it, mm-hmm. you know, something that's fueled by a shadow issue that I'm just not mm-hmm. um, aware of? We do the work. Mm-hmm. But at some point, it's got to be okay to want what you want, even if it's mm-hmm. something frivolous and super superficial because you want the thing. You may not get it. And witches in the space like to bake in things. And you can do this into your spell work, which is if it's to my highest good. Whatever yeah. that is, my highest self understands what that means, even if I consciously, yeah. unconsciously right now don't have the wherewithal to see that. Yeah. I want that guy. I want that girl. And oh, my God, they're, they're everything. I'm in love. I'm in love. I'm in love. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. this is the worst thing that could ever happen to you. But every part of your, everything, you know, mm-hmm, every part of you mm-hmm. is like, I want it. But your higher self knows better. Mm-hmm. And and so then there is that opportunity too to start trusting in i may not be seeing clearly here so i'm going to bake this in whatever's to my highest good Mm -hmm. yeah that's really helpful yeah i have such a desire like part of my work in this lifetime i know that i know that i am here to help people wake up to their own authentic selves and to Mm -hmm. build more capacity to tolerate who they really are and yet i find myself in so much pain when it doesn't happen quickly enough. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So that just came up for me right now. Like the, the <laughs> anger that I get, it, yeah, you know, I all of you. the people who are, you know, because if you think like what we're talking about is so not concrete. And if someone right. listens to it with a concrete ear, right? Because I was also thinking too of the idea of like, did you manifest it or was it white privilege, right? Like we're not talking mm. about like, Oh, we just wish on a magical star and then we get whatever we want. It is cultivating a life of intention, vibration with right. your highest good and the world around you. Right. And yeah, like relationship and like dancing with that. Right. Well, I will say that the relationship and the meaningfulness is something that we opt to add to it. Because if we talk about mm. white privilege just for a second, and there's something to be learned here. I would tell you that people of white privilege, and I'm one of those people, I think they, I would suggest that maybe you are as well, we've, yes. we've benefited from this privilege. Mm-hmm. We have a higher propensity for getting what we want, not just because the system is set up to reward whiteness, but also because in our whiteness, we just assume that, yes, it's going to happen. And that's mm-hmm. a magical ingredient as well. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Right? And yeah. so- does that make it evil? Does that make it terrible? Right. It's just information. Yeah. But it can also, and this is where I struggle, and I'm looking for solutions and ways to, to convey this, for those mm. who do not have that privilege, how to transmit that skill mm-hmm. so that that can be part of their arsenal as well. Mm-hmm. That assumption mm-hmm. of, of course, I'm going to get it. Mm-hmm. Despite a lifetime of stories right. and experiences that would suggest otherwise. Right. Because it's both. And there's something there that can be leveraged in a way that isn't necessarily bad, but can be liberating for those who don't have it. That's really deep. Because I'm thinking about like that internalized racial superiority versus internalized racial, what's the other one? IRS, IRO, 
oppression, internalized racial oppression. Oppression, yeah. Right, in the the subtle yeah. ways, subtle and not so subtle ways that we're right. white people or as Resma Menikin would say, bodies of culture. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that term. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and belief is a spell. Right. Without any other story to it, right? Without any other judgment to it, belief is a spell. And right. we carry a particular type of belief about the world and the way the world right. behaves around us. Yeah. Right. And I think about my clients to some of my clients who, even though they're white, for whatever other reason, mental health history, family history, their history of not getting what they want. Like I'm thinking of one particular mm-hmm. client who constantly feels on the outside and mm-hmm. not able to like manifest in relationships. And it, it's been interesting to watch my reaction because I am a person who has gotten what I've wanted in so many yeah. ways, especially relationally, like Libra rising, hello, like- <laughs> <laughs> Right. I, I make relationships like it's my job and it is. I'm a Libra son. I get it. I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 And I can't, I mean, all I can do is continue to try to ask questions to challenge the belief. And for people like her, it's not just a belief it, that, that has manifested as reality. And sure. yeah. there are other choices, there are other options. Mm-hmm. Well, and none of these issues exist in its own silo, right? Because right. there's a lot of pain right. woven into a lifetime of not having or getting what you want and being mm-hmm. on the outside. And that's a real reality. Right. So nothing feels concrete. The The deeper I get into this path, mm-hmm. and I got a Virgo moon, man. I love my concrete, let me tell you. But nothing is concrete. And so it becomes yeah. a matter of being able to live in that fluidity of mm-hmm. there aren't as many walls here as I'd like there to be for the comfort and safety of just being able to manage one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. So yes, it's belief. The belief is a spell. But then how do you unravel those beliefs that are constantly being reinforced by the mm-hmm. world around you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is invested in you staying in your victimization yes. or in your oppression or in your small. I mean, it's, it's heavy shit. Yes. Heavy shit. And practicing this work is radical. Yeah. 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 Right. And just going back to like the witch trials, right? To just be a woman who has her own choices, who has her own thoughts about how, what should be done with her body and how she may present herself to the world, right? Like even now, energetically, archetypally, it's radical. Oh God. And I think that, and you, I think you said something to this effect earlier. I think that we're just so overly sensitive and so overly reactive right now that Mm -hmm. any example of I'm opting out Mm -hmm. becomes almost like a a lethal threat to those who are just in reaction to, then you're saying that somehow I'm doing something wrong. It's dangerous. It's mm-hmm. really very dangerous. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. It's a crazy world. Well, all this begs the question, how do you feel about the word healer? I love the word healer. Mm-hmm. I love the word healer. As applied to you? No. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. I was like, that's too easy. Nobody answers that easy. You're such a therapist. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> No, I mean, I'm, I, um, I love the word healer because of what it implies, because it implies Mm -hmm. a process. And to me, it's not a definitive, right? It's not the, Mm -hmm. I'm healed and I'm done. It's, it's actually for me and my experience and, and the way I like to teach it is that it is an ongoing process. So it's not necessarily the result. It's the way we approach and dance with whatever Mm -hmm. we're 
confronted with or whatever we're holding. In terms of being called a healer, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, right. I think that this also goes to I'm very hyper vigilant around the expectations that I create. Yeah. And so to be to call myself a healer, especially in this, Mm -hmm. I would have been much more comfortable saying, oh, I'm totally a healer when I wasn't so forward facing and being seen Mm -hmm. on a much Mm -hmm. more public platform. Yeah. Partly because once this started, once my business took off and I was out in the space with people and I was offering basically a leadership role in facilitating people's deepening, the requests and the projections that came towards me or came at me out of deep, deep wounding. Yes. You know, it drove home just how massive the responsibility was. Yeah. And so, Mm -hmm. yes, what I do is healing in the world because that's Mm -hmm. definitely part of the mission. But I do. I have some, I have, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I have, you can't see me, but I have (laughs) flutters around that. Yeah. For sure. Well, and it comes back to agency. And I I mean, from what I've witnessed, and I I told you before, in other witchy spaces that I've been in, I've seen a lot of mental health struggles. And Mm -hmm. my interpretation of what I'm seeing is people without agency looking outside of themselves thinking, if I just get this thing, if I learn to be a witch, or if this witch who's more powerful does this spell for me, it's the same thing as like believing in in like Christianity in the way that like, okay, God's just going to take care of me and I don't have to do anything right. about it. Right. Exactly that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 you, you. go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> My editor's going to keep that in because it's too cute, but you're the guest. No, I, so love you it. Go. I love it. <laughs> Can I remember? Hold on a second. Oh God, come back. Oh yes. The witchy spaces. I think mm-hmm. it is one of the reasons why, and it, this was in the beginning, this was definitely a resistance issue for me. And then it became mm-hmm. something that I completely fully claimed because I understood why I was doing it, which is mm-hmm. I won't do spells for you, right. but I'll teach you how because your agency is important. The sovereignty that you mm-hmm. get comfortable with holding is critical to your own empowerment and your own mm-hmm. healing. Yeah. I never want to be responsible for that. Right, right. And I think that other teachers out there in this space really miss an opportunity to really facilitate that growth in their, Mm -hmm. I don't know, followers, students, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, it's a relationship to power, right? If Mm -hmm. you, at least this is my read, this is my read of you is that you've been told you need to bring this thing forward. And so you're doing it not to gain followers, not to get accolades, not to get something like I mean, that's how I feel about the work that I do. Like, I need money to pay my mortgage, but yeah. I don't do this because I want to amass wealth, right? I want right, to do right. the work that I do because this is what I'm yeah. put here to do. And I think I'm seeing, especially where we are with capitalism right now, some people trying to shortcut and wanting, even even when it's not like on the surface level, they want that recognition, right? And that's sure. all coming from the wound that's unhealed. Right, 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 exactly. And listen, sometimes that feels really good. Right. Right. Not going to lie. Be, right. No, not going to lie. Really. Right. Sometimes it feels really good. Sometimes yeah. it's like, oh, my God. I think at least my my MO, my strategy around that is to just lead with transparency so that I keep catching myself. Do you know what I mean? Because sometimes it feels mm-hmm. great. Sometimes right. it's, and it's like, right. oh, what is that feeding? What is that really about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, accountability. I'm guessing that you yeah. have plenty of people, teachers in your life, right, who can help hold mm. you accountable to things you might not be seeing. Oh, God. Yeah. I, you don't. I don't know how you would do it otherwise. Do you know what I mean? Well, you become an egomaniac and start a cult. That's what happens. <laughs> like that. That's yeah. exactly. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I got myself a great therapist who's like, who has no issue saying, you're so full of shit right now. You need to like, check yourself. It's like, I need someone right. who's going to call me on my shit. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Well, how do you feel about the term wounded healer? I mean, this might be controversial, but... There is no not being wounded. It's not controversial in this house. We're all wounded in some way or another. Yeah, it, there's no way. Mm-hmm. We don't get out alive. Right. But we also don't get past the very first seconds of existence without something, which can sound really, I don't mean it to sound, what is the word? Nietzsche? What is Nietzsche? Fatalistic? Mm-hmm. Or cynical or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't mean it to sound that way. I think that it's a portal into really being able to connect truly with mm-hmm. what this human experience is. And when we sit with our wounds, when we hold our wounds, when we learn how to really embrace them and love them as a mm-hmm. way to move through it, I think that we also gain, I have certainly gained a deeper understanding of what love is and mm. what compassion is and how hard mm. it is. How often do we struggle with, like, I just, I'll be compassionate with you all day long, but shit, why can't I just get over this goddamn thing, right? Like, we just, mm-hmm. we're so hard on ourselves, and I think that it becomes yeah. an opportunity for really embodying what healing really is, which is embracing and loving and dancing in response to something, as opposed to, let me beat it out of myself, or let me mm-hmm. try to, like, numb it out of myself, or let me pretend that it doesn't exist, and meanwhile, yeah. it's acting out in different ways. So, yeah, there's no healing without a wound, and that, both those yeah. things need to be embodied, I think, at once. And we don't have to try because it's just there. Right. It's just, <laughs> just there, there, yeah. Yeah. Well, what you said kind of reminds me of the difference between, and this is very simplistic, but the difference between Buddhism and Christianity and the way, like, I guess a more sort of evangelical look at Christianity is like, I need to be like Jesus so that I can be perfect and go to heaven. Right. You know, whereas Buddhism is like, we suffer, right? And we all do have perfection inside us already. Right. And it's less yeah. about trying to attain, which is all capitalistic, right? right? Attain, obtain yeah. perfection. Yeah. The belief that we are right. because of our wounds, because exactly. this is the human experience. And all that can exist at the same time. Right. Yeah. But not right. when you're conditioned to think black and white and concretely, right. which is what capitalism has tried to do to make us more like productive. <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> but also I think it keeps us in some in this pliant and easily submissive stance, right? It's very oppressive yeah. because if mm-hmm. I'm constantly having to look outside of myself for the template for what it's what I'm supposed to be, there's never opportunity or space allowed for what really exists here. What right. am I really? And what does this human experience really have that black and white's never gonna give you? Right. Right? Like just and it's fucking exhausting. I don't understand anymore how this is like, do you know, know what I mean? The more I talk about this, not just with you, but just in general, mm-hmm. it's like, are we not just fucking tired? Like, this is just, it's crazy making. It's, mm-hmm. it's, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so on top of the wounds that we're trying to pretend that we don't have, mm-hmm. we're just heaping on more and more and more and, mm-hmm. and then inflicting each other with it. Right. 
I mean, that very concretely reminds me of like the politicians who are so anti-gay and then it comes out later that they were having homosexual relationships the whole time like yeah, it's like Jesus. dude this is so textbook at this point Can, right how many decades have we understood this now i know it's now you just set the clock it's like okay yeah. let's give him a couple months or a year right <laughs> right he'll be released of his delusions or she whoever they right Right. Uh, it's like, yeah. Although if you're they, you're probably completely past that whole issue. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah, right. Like yeah. you've done some more work. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's actually, you know, bringing gender into this because, you know, talking about Lilith, talking about like the feminine archetypes and whatnot, how how have you woven or shifting into understanding more non-binary like ways of existing in the world? How do you how do you weave that into your work? That's a good question. I think I'm definitely still a student in terms mm-hmm. of my understanding. Mm-hmm. I'm coming from a really deeply feminine only background. Like my teaching 20, 30 years, I can't even remember, 30 years ago, oh my God, was mm-hmm. very deeply woven in women's space only and only mm-hmm. women. And there was a reason for that. There was a deep healing in that. And so right. I'm certainly still a student. I think that one of the ways that I have incorporated it into what I'm doing is returning it back to you and to the body mm. and to your personal expression mm-hmm. and honoring that as divine for whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. There are obviously particular issues, right, that apply to someone who's non-binary as opposed to someone who identifies as feminine or masculine. Or, mm-hmm. And I haven't gone very deep into those particular issues. But mm-hmm. that's coming, right? Because Lilith yeah. for me is a very, there is a particular life experience that happens when you are born in, in a female body. Mm-hmm. You are projected onto from the second that you come out of the womb and sometimes before mm-hmm. you come out of the womb. There's a very particular mm-hmm. experience there. And mm-hmm. Lilith speaks very strongly to what that is over the course of that life and that developmental like yeah. arc. But she comes with a lot of information and a lot mm-hmm. of healing and a lot of, I think, code in terms of how to embody liberation that is that mm-hmm. transcends gender as well. And it's really mm-hmm. important because of the fact that we all right. are so imprisoned by patriarchy. Mm-hmm. We've internalized it so much that even the capacity to really accept who you are, honor who you are, embody who you are fully has mm-hmm. been, in a lot of ways, rested from all of us we've got to claw that back because of you know the system that we live in so Mm -hmm. that's where i'm at with it now i just i feel like at this point i'm just an eternal student Mm -hmm. of the process Mm -hmm. certainly i don't know anything you know what i'm saying like (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) yeah well i've had this idea because i feel like part of what all humans are being asked to shift into is a space where we can hold duality more softly and with less boundaries. And in that way, I think that trans people are the future, (laughs) Mm, you know, mm -hmm, and not, mm -hmm. I'm not saying like, we're all going to become trans, but I think that there is a transcendence, (laughs) pun intended, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? Look what you did. (laughs) (laughs) So ridiculous. Right. But that transcendence and having trans people be more visible now than I think they've ever been before in history, probably. Mm-hmm. Right. That's another way that people who are so entrenched in patriarchal systems are challenged just by trans people's existence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, without being cheesy about it, I think that is part of our evolution of humanity. 
there's change. There's big, big change stirring. And I think mm-hmm. that is part of what, when I'm feeling incredibly negative about it all, like, oh my God, this is all just burning to the ground and it's all, mm-hmm. it's the realization that this always happens, right? right. When we're on that cusp because right. it's just, it's just been stirring and stirring. And now we're just, we're colliding with these yes. things that we just really need to face and let go mm-hmm. and let transform. And there's a lot of fear around that. Just like there's a lot of fear around witchcraft, right? And being empowered and wielding your agency for change. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, the thing that I keep trying to go back to when I get in those spaces of like, oh, the world is ending, it's all over. There was this book called The Fourth Turning. Have you ever heard of this? Oh, no. Anybody talk about it? It was written in the 90s. I can email it to you too, but- Yeah, please, I can't find a pen. Yeah, it was written in the 90s by these historians, and they went back to the dawn of human civilization and looked at patterns and realized that essentially, give give or take, you know, 10, 15 years, every 100 years, we go through all four seasons. And they talk about that cyclical nature- yeah. Right. I've and, heard this and, before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're in winter, right? We are yeah. at, in the dead of winter. Things have to die in order yeah. for spring to come. And it's just really painful to be be in this right now. Right. You're Gen X too. Is yeah. that right? Yeah. Yeah. Forever and ever. <laughs> right. Like our generation is, I mean, and I'm literally the last year of Gen X. So like cute. I'm really a zennial in that in between space. But, but there's something like, each generation has a task, so mm-hmm. so to speak, within you know the, each season. And like our task is basically we get skipped over, right? So not only as Gen Xers, but like where we were born in the season. Mm-hmm. It's so oh, fascinating. Yeah. yeah. It's worth checking out because there's there's even a page in the book where he talks about, he goes forward and he's like, you know, in the 20, late, you know, 2010, 2020, we might see pandemics, we might see mm. fascist leaders, we might see another world war. It's just like, you fucking nailed know. it. And it's terrifying. Yeah. yeah. But it makes yeah. me feel better that it's predictable. You know? Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, we look back on history. Yeah. I'm not familiar with the book, but this idea has come up and I'm trying to remember who yeah. wrote about it. Because we talked about this book, and it was an author that we actually had show up for one of our mm. lives. But I hear you, and I know this idea, and I look back on history. And when you can look back on history, you can say, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, they were going through it, right? When we mm-hmm. had Hitler and the World Wars. I mean, this was some planetary catastrophic yep. horrors were going on. And now that we're past it, it's like, wow, that was really bad. But I put myself in those shoes. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're in the middle of that, man, that is some mm-hmm. heavy, heavy. Mm-hmm. And so I just want to be here for like... The come through. <laughs> I'm very know. greedy about, it's very unspiritual of me and I don't really care. <laughs> I really want to be here for as long as humanly possible because I love yeah. it. But yeah, I would like for us to get through it a little bit I just know. to have a little moment on mm-hmm. the other side because it's, yeah. it's the pain. There's so much pain. Mm-hmm. Yes. We're leading with pain and we're yes. creating more pain and life is so beautiful. Like there's no reason. Mm. There's no reason. Yeah. Right. Well, what gives you hope? Conversations like this. Yeah. I am a raging introvert, but these things is what juices me. Like, I love when you just get a moment to be in the truth. Mm -hmm. Hope. What else gives me hope? This is such a, like, me answer, but food gives me hope. (laughs) (laughs) Good, good food. Mm -hmm. And I think that the people, when you're in those moments with the people that you love the most, 
Mm-hmm. You know, there's something about that microcosm that I just want to amplify everywhere because it's like when you're just mm-hmm. in that simplicity, it's very sweet and it all makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to take that and hopefully we can cover the world with it. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're coming to the end of our time. Do you want to tell mm-hmm. people where they find you? Okay. So you can find me on theholywitch.com. And most of our social media is theholywitch.com, although there's one or two that are still the witch's box because we couldn't get theholywitch.com or the holy witch. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I've got personal social media that I really very rarely frequent, but it's Elena Rico, R-E-G-O. And yeah, that's where you can find us. Mm-hmm. And yeah, join the holy witch and I'll, I'll be at the join meetings. The yeah. So the Holy Witch has got a couple things going on. I don't know when this is going to go up, but we've got the School of Holy Witchery, which is an ongoing thing where you can learn not just how to create spells, but really how to live a really Mm -hmm. introspective, connected spiritual life. And we have a coven to Lilith. It'll open up every year around Mm -hmm. June and July. Okay. And it'll be a closed cohort. And that's it. Yeah, that's what we're doing. Lots of magic and witchery. Yeah. That's, yeah. I appreciate you. And I'm so... I mean, mm, talk you. about the gifts of social media. I, I remember like, and this is really funny because my grandma was super Catholic, but when she died, <laughs> I was like, I got a bunch of money from her. And I was like, I'm going to use yeah. this for witchcraft. <laughs> and I went on like whatever Facebook witch group I was on. And I'm like, okay, where, like, what are the best like witchy subscription boxes? And yours came up multiple times. And that's oh, I how it. I found you. So thanks, dead grandma, for the money that I felt like thanks, I could really spend on yeah. witchcraft. <laughs> And well, she and rolls in her grave. <laughs> or, or, or let's reframe that. Maybe it's mm-hmm. just that, you know, you've created a portal for her to finally yeah, yeah. look at other things. Because <laughs> she's yeah. still around. That's yeah. true. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Let's hope. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Well, thank well, you for being here. I really, I adore oh, you. And sharing space with you is just, it. as cheesy as it is, it's magical. It is magical. Thank you so much. I love that we did this. I would have done it for another two hours, actually. So fun. Thank you for this wonderful afternoon. Well, you are welcome back anytime. Okay. (laughs) Wonderful. All right. Thanks to our guest for an amazing conversation today. To find out more about today's guest, you can visit www.headheartbiztherapy.com slash podcast. You can find Sarah at at headheartbiztherapy on Facebook and Instagram. And you can find Anne at at spareroomwellness or spareroomwellness.com. Thanks as always to Andrea Clunder and the Creative Imposter Studios for editing, to Liam O'Donnell for the album art, and to Ben Mueller for our theme music. Until next time, bye-bye.